Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. You guys are here today. Hey, we are in a great time, great summertime. Hey, once again, I want to thank Pastor Adam and what they're doing with the student ministry. We love kids at Freedom Church. Let's give God praise for our kids today. All right. And uh, maybe you're here for your first time, you're watching online, or maybe you are here first time in the auditorium. Listen, here's what I know about people. We might not all necessarily believe the same way, but here's what I do know is that we all go through the same stuff. Can I get a witness? Are you with me? So we do. We go through a lot of stuff. And so I'm thankful that you're here today. And, you know, as I go into this message today, there's something that I want to just pull out of the gate right out of the bat. Um, We pray, and I pray each year, what does, you know, I would love to preach about heaven every week, but, you know, that's not what God wants me to do. I pray, what do you need? What do I need? You know, from the Word of God. And so, as we went on a creative team retreat, we went away last fall, and I told our team the ideas and things that I had, and we put a skeleton thing together of what we're going to do, and then we always invite the leadership of the Holy Spirit can come in and interrupt any way he wants to. You know, God planned out in seven days what he's going to do on a seven-day rested, so we kind of plan forward. We always leave room for the Holy Spirit. Uh, So, here's where I'm going to with this. We, I'd put on my heart about doing the Ten Commandments. And so ironically, last Sunday, the fifth commandment uh, was about honor your father and mother. And Chloe, my youngest daughter, I'm very thankful for her. She knocked it out of the park. You see, that's a good kid. She's a good kid. She helped me last week. She done an amazing job. And uh, so with that being said, but then this week, it come up on the sixth commandment, which is do not murder. And in God's economy, he already knew what was going to be in a historic overturning of Roe versus Wade this past Friday, which is going to save countless lives. So I think we need to honor the folks who's been praying and fasting that that has been overturned. And if you're not on the side of it, you don't have to stand, but the rest of us will. And I'll explain when we talk about it. Let's give God honor and praise for the lives that's going to be saved. Would you stand to your feet with me? Thank you, God. You can be seated. So, today, as we come together, and the message is this, and I didn't know I was really wrestling with it, no more murder was what God gave me, and I, didn't, I kept wrestling with it this week, and what it was going to be called, but I remember when I was a kid, to set this thing up today, I remember when I was a kid, uh, hearing about a guy's name called Charles Manson. How many of you have ever heard of Charles Manson? Raise your hand, he's, he's, he's passed away now. Charles Manson was a cult leader. And he was charged with the murders uh, of Sharon Tate, an actress, and her family. She was actually pregnant when he murdered, when his cronies murdered her. But then later they came out with a movie called Helter Skelter. So as a kid, I watched this movie, Helter Skelter. And man, after that, you know, I was just kind of freaked out because I don't know about you, but how many of you would raise your hand and say that when it comes to to things like this. How many of you have had fear and chills about murder sacks? Raise your hand. Yes, many people have. I can't believe my mom and dad are in heaven and I'm thinking, why did you let a little boy watch Helter Skelter? You know, 
because it was just a freaky movie, you know, and you begin to think about those kind of acts and things like that. But with that being said, you know, have you ever thought about people around you that are armed and people around you that are dangerous? How many times have you had an alert come across the TV and say there's an escaped convict, he's out in the neighborhood, and you're thinking you're, you're checking your doors. You're checking to make sure the doors are locked. You're worried, are they going to come in my house? Are they going to try to harm me and my family? You know, those things run through our mind. But murder, there's more than just those kind of murderous acts, and we'll, we'll break it down today, but you think about people who take other people's lives. I don't know if you know this, but every 13 seconds in the U.S., Someone is beaten, stabbed, shot, robbed, raped, or killed. And I will tell you, human life is precious. Let me say it again. Human life is precious. The Word of God, God tells us that we are the apple of His eye. And when God made us in His likeness and in His image, He said that we were very good. So your life matters. Look at the person next to you and say, your life matters. And the one you chose not to look at, now look back at them and tell them theirs does too, okay? Theirs does too. So what does, what does the sixth commandment say? Now, once again, let me reiterate to you, the first four commandments are your relationship with God. The last six commandments is our relationship with other people. So today, as we look at the sixth commandment, it says, you must not murder. Say that with me. You must not murder. So you'd think that this commandment here would need a little bit of explanation. So why is that? Because... The most widely used English translation of the Bible is the King James Version. In the King James Version, the Sixth Commandment says, Thou shalt not kill. So when you think about that, this commandment is really, out of all the commandments, the most misunderstood. You say, break it down for me, Pastor. I'm talking misunderstood between murder versus kill. That's what I'm talking about. The Hebrew translation, do not murder, is ratsha, from a word, a Hebrew word, from the original language. See, the English word for taking a life is kill and murder, okay? So, with that being said, there, the, the difference between kill and murder is enormous. You kill someone, it's taking a life of a human. Or it's taking a life of an animal. Taking a human life deliberately. Or taking a human life accidentally or legally, illegally, morally, immorally. But murder just simply means one thing. It's illegal or an immoral taking of a human life. Every murder is a killing, but every killing isn't a murder. It's like this. Maybe I would say, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I killed this mosquito. A lot of people, I, I wouldn't say I murdered this mosquito. I say I killed a mosquito, right? You know, how many of you like mosquitoes? How many of you, you're so fond of mosquitoes, you just let them land on your arm and say, oh, just keep sucking the blood out, you little fine creature. It's good to see you. Thank you for sucking the blood out of me and making a whip on my arm. Now, how many of you do that, what I just did, the latter? Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Some of you, if, you're, if you like them uh, eating on you, that's, that's you. But you can say a worker that's on a job site was accidentally killed or you wouldn't say accidentally murdered, would you? They were accidentally killed. And so why did the King James Version use the word kill and not murder? Because for over 400 years ago, the word kill was synonymous with murder. The English, though, has changed since 1611. This commandment doesn't forbid 
all killing. Let me say it again. This commandment does not forbid all killing. If that's the case, then we would be vegetarians and all steakhouses would be out of business. How many of you like a good steak? Raise your hand right now. Yes. How many of you like a medium rare? Yes. Just pull the horns off. Boom, boom. It's good. I'm eating it. That's me. That's me. My wife, she's different. She likes it beef jerky. Beef jerky. It's got to be really done, you know. And so I've almost, you know what, I've almost convinced Shanna to move over to, to medium whale. Medium whale. No blood in it, you know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, we'd have to be pacifists if we couldn't even kill in self-defense. You say, what do you mean? The first books of Moses, the first five books is the Torah. And in that, when you look at it, it contains the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, of course. But also, when you look at the commands, the commands tells us that the death penalty is for murder in the Scriptures. It also says that basically it teaches us that there is, there is allowing of killing in war. It also prescribes animal sacrifice and allows eating of meat See, most modern translations of the Bible correctly cite this as do not murder in this commandment. But those, listen to me closely, what I'm going to say. Those who use the King James Version to be able to lean it to say thou shalt not kill, you shouldn't use it incorrectly. What I mean is, there's two reasons that happens, that they do that. They use this to force what they want to get across in their agenda. is opposition to capital punishment. That is, and pacifism. What I mean by that is, when you think about pacifism, you're, and here's what I'll tell you, you're free to oppose capital punishment. However, you're not free to use the Bible to support your view by citing, do not kill. And let's be clear. The commandment is do not murder. Pacifism is, is when, it's, it's, when it's always wrong to kill a, a human being. And anyone is free to hold that position as immoral as it can be. But you know what's really immoral? I'll tell you what's really immoral. It's the forbidding of killing someone who's in the process of murdering innocent men, innocent women, innocent children. Whether it's in a school or it's in a church or it's in a mall or it's in a grocery store. A moral killing is simply self-defense against an aggressor, someone who's going to break into your home and they want to bring harm to you. I don't know about you, but I'm going to protect myself. All our exterior doors are locked. If someone breaks through my door with our vehicles there, they're not coming in to say, can you fix me something to eat? They're coming in to bring you harm. And it's your due diligence as a husband and a father, if you're in that home, to protect your wife and to protect your children. You know, for us, we even lock our bedroom door. You say, you're a little weird there, Pastor. No, 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 no. What the situation is, is that I play sound like rain on my iPhone because it makes me sleep so good. How many do that? Thank you. Yes. We got a rain group here. That's cool. Might have to get up and go pee four or five times, but it's okay. It's okay. But anyway, because my wife thinks that I can't hear very well, she wants me to lock the bedroom door. So if somebody comes through that bedroom door, there's something right here beside me that they won't want to meet. That's all I'm going to say. 
Because they're not coming in there to say, hello, fix me something to eat. They're not coming in there to say, hi, Pastor T, how are you doing? It's good to see. They break your door down. They're coming in to harm you. They're coming in to hurt you. And your job and your responsibility is to guard and protect at whatever means in your home. If everybody understands what I'm saying and understand it, say yes. So, there is an immoral killing, okay? An immoral killing is simply, there's a word for that. It's called murder. And the last six commandments deals with how we treat our fellow human beings. That's what it is. And murder is at the top of the list. Because deliberately taking a person's life of an innocent human being, it is one of the most terrible things that you and I could ever do. The next time someone quotes, though, to you the sixth commandment and they say, thou shalt not kill, then you kindly but firmly remind them that it actually is do not murder. Now, some of you are thinking, whew. Thank God, this doesn't affect me today, man. It doesn't affect me whatsoever. Man, when I go fishing, I'm catching release, and I'm saying, I'm sorry, I put the hook in your mouth, and then we go eat at Captain D's and let somebody else catch the fish and, and cook them. Or, man, I don't even own a fly swatter. Man, I just let them come in and just blow all over the food. We put it on the counter, and we say, y'all just eat with us, you know. So I don't do those kind of things. So, so today's message, I don't have to worry about it. Uh, you, you're thinking, I, I just look at my social media, somebody like my post, whatever, on Instagram, or they like me on Facebook, or on, did they watch my TikTok video? No, this is, we're going to take it a step further about do not murder. So let's not pass this up too quickly. In Genesis chapter 4, first book of the Bible, it was the first murder. And God reasoned with Cain to no avail, and Cain went right on and murdered his little brother anyway. And how would you have liked to have been Abel's parents, Adam and Eve, to go and find the lifeless body of your youngest son? We fast forward when Jesus walked the earth and he adds to the sixth commandment for you and I that we might not physically murder someone but we can all break the commandment by verbal murder matter of fact it says in Matthew chapter 5 which is known as the Sermon on the Mount Matthew 5 6 and 7 please read it Jesus takes it to the next level he says you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder if you commit murder you are subject to judgment but I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Now Jesus is saying, there's more ways to murder than physically. And anger brings out a power in people's lives that can bring death. Words of hate. When you tell someone they're no good or you tell someone they're a mistake and you continue doing these gut-wrenching murderous words verbally to someone that could drive them to take their own life, suicide is out of control, especially since the pandemic. And let me tell you something, anger that is unchecked it turns into rage and it ends up causing death. There's a physical death, but also there can be the death of a marriage. There can be the death of a friendship. 
There can be the death of hopes. There can be the death of dreams. There can be the death of finances. There can be the death of a career. There can be the death of a reputation that was spotless before the verbal anger came out. Reminds me of a story that many of you may have heard before. But today I will share this with you and I will illustrate it for you. There was a man that was a parishioner in a pastor's church. And the parishioner was noted for gossiping about the pastor. So the pastor, not only having this man in his congregation, he was also friends with the man. He has a conversation with him about his verbal abuse and words of gossip about the pastor. And so the man was somewhat caught off guard, but someone admitting, admittingly to his guilt, he said, what I need for you to do, he says, I'm going to give you this feather pillow. And he said, what I want you to do is I want you to take this feather pillow and I want you to take it outside and I want you to rip it open. He said, and then I want you to take and I want you to throw out all the feathers of the pillow and I want you to take and throw it out. And then when you get done throwing out all the fellows, all the feathers in the pillow, I want you to come back and see me and we'll have a conversation. So he goes out and he gets all the feathers out of the pillow as best as he could. Then he goes back and has a conversation with the pastor. He said, the words that roll out of your mouth are going to be like feathers in a wind. He said, what I need you to do is go back and pick them all up and stick them back in there. He said, well, you're right, Pastor. They're going to be like feathers in the wind. There's no way that I can go and pick up all these feathers and get them back in the pillowcase. He said, that's just like your words. They're feathers in the wind that you're never going to be able to put them back in your mouth. So I asked you this question. Do you have any feathers floating around out there? Do you have any feathers floating around at home? Do you have any feathers floating around at the office? Do you have any feathers floating around in your neighborhood with your neighbors? Do you have any feathers floating around on your Instagram or on Facebook or on TikTok? Do you have any feathers floating around in your church family? Have you slain someone with slander? Has there been some kind of verbal venom that comes out of your mouth? Is there some kind of serial slanderer with people? Leviticus chapter 19 verse 16 says, Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Do not stand idly by when your neighbor's life is threatened. I am the Lord. See, everywhere this day and time there are serial slanderers. Spreading verbal murderous words that hurt others. It hurt them at the ball field or they hurt them at school or they hurt them at work or they hurt them at church or they hurt them at the family reunion and, on, and so on. But when you go and look at the end of verse 16, I want to read it again. It says, do not stand idly by when your neighbor's life is threatened. I am the Lord. It reminds me of the story of when David goes out to kill Goliath and he gets five foot smooth stones and he goes out and he buries one in his forehead and he takes 
Goliath, a nine-foot giant. The tip of his spear was 15 pounds. And he takes out this giant that was coming against the Lord. And after he kills him and all the rest of the Israelite army go and they take over the Philistines. And next thing you know, they're all praising David, this young, small, good-looking teenage boy. And King Saul gets very jealous. So what does King Saul decide to do in his jealousy? Saul wanted his servants and Saul wanted his son Jonathan to assassinate David. And he warned David, daddy's out to get you. But then, what did Jonathan do? He went to his daddy. He didn't stand idly by. It says, 1 Samuel 19 and verse 4 said, The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. See, you can murder someone. You can slander someone just by simply being silent, being silent, and not standing up for someone. I remember distinctively being in junior high, what we call middle school now. And there was a guy there I went to school named, and his name was Bobby. And I remember distinctively many times seeing my friends pick on Bobby. Yeah, Bobby was different. And to this day, I've always regretted that I never stood up for Bobby. I never stood in a gap for Bobby because Bobby was different than a lot of people. I never stood up for him. I've always regretted it. Friends take sides, and friends are loyal. And that's a fact. So I asked you, do you stand up or do you rise up or just blend in with all the feathers floating around slander can kill as quickly as a bullet can take your life you take part in slander you listen to slander you're just as guilty then it slays your heart and this unrighteousness roots evil and invades your heart, then in turn, you can cause the innocent to be slain. Just all the slaying that's going on in our nation right now. While we were in Israel with a group of people here back in May, 10 people slain on a Saturday, May 14th, in a Buffalo, New York supermarket. While this 18-year-old kid that does not deserve to be able to call his name streams it live on the internet. Here recently, and you all know, 21 people slain, 19 children, two teachers, on May 24th at the Uvalde Elementary School in Texas. Week before last, three people slain by a 70-year-old man at St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Alabama. He targeted them while they were having a potluck dinner. I could go on and on. In our nation, up till Friday, every 12 seconds an abortion would occur in this nation. Planned Parenthood, who was started by Margaret Sanger, 
Go read her teachings. She started because she grew up very poor in New York in a family of multiple kids. I think it was like 10 brothers and sisters. She's seen her own self suffering that. She became a very selfish, self-centered person. She wanted to wipe out the undesirables, the undesirable Italians, the undesirable African-Americans. I could go on and on about the undesirables that she wanted to wipe out. That's where that Planned Parenthood derived from. Do the fact check. Send me an email if I'm wrong. Planned Parenthood was caught on video in 2015 for making deals to sell unborn baby body parts. They performed up till Friday 330,000 abortions out of the 1.2 million abortions in America annually. That's about 40% of all the American abortions. Up till Friday, Planned Parenthood was performing an abortion every 97 seconds. And since Roe versus Wade was passed into federal law in 1973, over 63 million children have been aborted. And here's what I will tell you. There are pregnant women who buys the lies of slander. They go out and they get pregnant and then they listen to a teacher say, well, you're going to throw your career away. My body, my choice. You're going to throw your career away. If you have that baby or you have parents and the daughter gets pregnant and they tell her, oh, you can't bring that kind of shame and reproach on our family. We've got a good family name in this community. Or the boyfriend doesn't like it because you want to have the baby. So he's pressuring you and slandering you to abort that clump of cells, they would say. Like up in Philadelphia, true story, a boy, a boyfriend goes in to a baby shower and shoots his girlfriend that's pregnant. True story. Let me ask you this, what about the hopes, the dreams, the purpose, and the life mission of that innocent baby whose life was taken by murder in the name of convenience? Sadly, slander slays the innocent when people are pressured. I'll never forget as long as I live, the late President Ronald Reagan said these words, which are so true. I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. So today, do you take the gift of speech God gave you to slay others? Why is it so important that you and I abide by the sixth commandment? That we fully understand that physically and verbally taking the life of another is wrong. Why is it that it's so crucial to God? Because God doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. God doesn't want us to hurt other people. And God doesn't want us to hurt our relationship with Him. So, let's take a look as we... 
move forward here, solving the murder in us. Let's make application to it. So here's what I'd say to you. Just simply come clean. Come clean, whether it's physical murder or verbal murder. Come clean with God. Come clean with God. Do you need to confess the sin of murder physically? Do you need to confess the sin of murder verbally? I'll confess I've murdered people with my mouth. And I've been silent as others were as others slayed their victims right around me as I shared the story with you earlier. You may not be legally guilty of murder, but are you spiritually guilty of murder? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Listen to what the Apostle Paul told the church at Ephesus. He said, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Come clean with it. Come clean with it. But also guard your heart. And you're thinking, why? Why, why guard my heart. Well, Jesus said this in Mark 7. He said, For from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defiles you. See, an action, an evil action in particular, it begins with a single thought from your mind. We have to cleanse our hearts, and after the Holy Spirit, through forgiveness, through Christ's blood that he shed on the cross of Calvary, when our hearts are cleansed, then we have to guard our hearts above all else because it is the wellspring of life. Evaluate your motives because our hearts may be breeding murder within. So not only do we come clean and we guard our hearts, you're going to have to analyze our anger. We have to analyze our anger. And you say, what do you mean, Pastor? The maze of murder always begins with anger. Anger consumes and controls, and next thing you know, it can lead you to be completely out of control. Is this anger that you have, is it God-driven or is it sin-driven? Ask yourself that question. Cain would not listen to God, and he killed his brother anyway. And if Cain had analyzed his anger, I don't believe he would ever killed his brother Abel. He was so jealous over the offering. Read it for yourself. You express your anger to God. There's nothing wrong with that. He's got big shoulders. He can handle it. Or you may explode and the innocent be slain in the process. Psalm 37 and verse 8 says, Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. See what ends up happening. Resentment ends up building up in our hearts from anger. And those seeds of bitterness that comes out, if they haven't been dealt with in your life, they come out. Maybe it's a judgmental anger. Or maybe it's a situation where you have this obsessive anger from the past. And something happens back, happened back here. 
You can't change it. You can't control it. You can't go back and redo it. You don't get a redo and a do-over on it, but you're allowing it to affect your present and affect your future. You've got to deal with the anger before the enemy makes it into an opportunity for you to sin in your life and against your fellow brothers and sisters who are out here walking around. So if we don't want any more murder in our lives, we've got to deal with it. We've got to come clean to God. You've got to guard your heart. There's power, there, there, there's, there's the way you just have to guard your heart and say, I'm not going to let this seep into my life. I'm going to guard my heart above all else. And you've got to make sure that you don't let that anger get the best of you. There's so many times that in my life, in the past, that I have gotten angry in the past and I end up having to clean up the shrapnel later. How many of you have done that, gotten angry and you messed things up? Raise your hand. A whole lot of us have, haven't we? So we got to analyze that and not, not let that get the best of us. But the last thing is simply is just, just watch your words. Watch your words because they'll float around everywhere. You can't control where they go. It's like feathers in the wind. Slander slays because there is power in the tongue of life death. The scripture is very clear on that. Look at Psalm 19 and verse 14. It says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Be honest with others if they are about to mess up around you. Lovingly Step in and, and step up. Stand up. However, may our words never slay an innocent victim in our lives. And, and when you say something about someone, I want to challenge you, assume it's going to get back to them. Let me say that again. If When you say something about someone, just know that it's the right thing because you just simply need to assume that it's going to get back to them. Because that's exactly what happens. When those words come out, those words can get right back to them because they float around like feathers in the wind. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Please give people in your circle of life the benefit of the doubt. You say, well, what if we're not in my circle of life, Pastor? What if, you know, I just had somebody cut me off in the traffic and like to hit me and my family? Give people the benefit of, that, benefit of the doubt. They're not trying to kill themselves, most likely, and try to hit you. Maybe they just got a phone call that they had someone in an accident that's possibly dying, and they're just trying to get to their loved one. You don't know. Instead of slinging a bird at them, how about sling a prayer at them? And say, God, help them. I don't know what's going on in their life, but they wouldn't have purposely cut me off and endangered themselves or us. Right? How about people you work with? Here's what I know about people. Where there's people, there's problems. You're either coming out of a problem, or you're in a problem, or a problem's coming at you. We've got to be very careful of how we treat others and how we throw things at people and, and how that we slay people with our words. Murder can happen physically and verbally. But 
when you're around people, most of you are not physically murdering somebody. Somebody may have here. You may have gotten forgiveness for it. It might be between you and God, but come clean with him. See the best in people. Murder can happen physically, happen verbally, and not only is murder a sin, it's a potential in all of us that we're guilty. I think if I asked everybody here to hold up your hand, are you guilty of the sin of verbal murder? I think we would all lift our hand. But I will tell you that we are all guilty in the eyes of God because that's why Jesus came. Isaiah forecasts hundreds of years in Isaiah 53 how guilty that we are. He was referring to Yeshua, the Messiah. He says, starting with verse 4, he said, Yet our weaknesses he carried, talking about Jesus. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's past to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Therefore, we murdered Jesus. We didn't murder him with swords. We didn't murder him with knives. We didn't murder him with guns. But with all the other sins that you and I are willing to admit to. So let's get the sins out of our heart that really murdered Jesus. And live every day being cleaned by God. Guarding our heart with only God to reside there. Being led of the Holy Ghost of God. Watching what we say. When we look around at people, try our best to look at people as God looked at us. See, when God looks at me and God looks at you, He sees you for what He wants you to become. He sees me. what he wants me to become and you might be right now struggling in a situation right now that you don't understand and life is tough but God's right in front of you God's right in front of you he's wanting to meet you right in front of you right now let's get our sins out of our heart that murder Jesus and do everything we can do to say no more murder physically more murder would you stand with me as we pray Heavenly Father uh, we're thankful today for this sixth commandment that I pray that God that we will all abide by not just because it's a command and a promise but because we want to honor you our great wonderful God through your son Jesus Christ pray Heavenly Father Lord for each person here God that may have struggled in any of these areas and I pray God right now that you would bless them to come clean in your name 
and that they would guard their hearts and live in a relationship with the Holy Spirit and try to only be angered by sin that cost your son's death that we won't know part of it God but that we would have a righteous anger God to live for you and stand strong Holy Father find us faithful God no more murder how many of you here maybe the Holy Spirit's just slapped your heart and he's let you know you know these things aren't good and there's some changes he's telling you to make as we're praying and looking into our hearts would you lift your hand right now and say God's telling me some changes I need to make just lift your hands across the auditorium come pray God bless you thank you for your honesty thank you for your honesty as you pray for God to work on your heart and come clean with him today I'm going to pray with you and for you Heavenly Father right now God I thank you God for this blessed moment that we have God I thank you for the honesty of those here that's lifted their hands toward the heavens. Pray, God, as they pray to you, God. Their hearts will come clean with you and through the Holy Spirit, God. They can be cleansed. Bless them right now, God. Help us all, God, to look at the best in others, God, as you have us and you continue to do so. Thank you, God the strength through the power of your Holy Spirit to be able to live life and look at people through your eyes the best we can as you look at us find us faithful to you the commands and your promises for our lives thank you God for innocent lives not to be taken steps in the right direction from prayer and fasting God hearing our cries from earth to your ears and heaven Maybe you're struggling today and there's there's hope. I want you to know that. You can be free from the junk that traps you. A lot of times there's shame and regret and hurts and pain that triggers anger that causes you to slander or to hate and those things. Just say, God, take care of that today. I'm leaving it with you, God. I'm coming clean. Maybe there's a hidden wound in your life. Maybe you just can't get past your past. God, I pray if that's you today, that you would seek God with all your heart. You can receive the peace, the joy, the love, and the serenity in Him, no matter what you've went through. Today, maybe you're here and you just can't seem to get past your past. Well, you need a future with God. Maybe you've never given your heart to Him. I'm glad you're here and everyone else is too. If you feel the Holy Spirit of God just pounding your heart right now, maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, friend, that's why you're here today. You're not here just to take up room in a seat. And just be here to do that. You're here because God wants to come into your heart. And his son, Jesus Christ, wants to become your very best friend. So if you feel him knocking on your heart right now and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, as we're praying and heads are bowed, just shoot your hand up real quick and say, yes, I'm, that's why I'm here today. And I know it. Give God glory and just shoot your hand up. No one's going to come to you. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Just say, I know that's why I'm here today. Anyone else, just lift your hand real high. God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. Anyone else, just give God glory and say, yes, I know it's God working on my heart. I need to receive him as my Lord and Savior. 
Well, I want to pray with you and pray for you. Make your altar right where you're at. And I'm going to help guide you in the prayer, but it's your prayer of salvation that gets you born again. So right now, if you just tell him, say, God, in your own way, just tell him, God, I open my heart to you today. Thank you for knocking on it. I'm inviting you in. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of the things I've done wrong in my life. I want to know you. And I want to know you in my heart, free of sin. I believe you died for me. You rose for me. Tell him, so I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to save my soul. My life is yours. This day prayed that and meant that from the depths of your soul the peace and the joy and the love and the cleanness of only God can do through his Holy Spirit has touched your heart give him praise right where you're at because angels are partying in heaven because your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life give him glory in your life today also we want to help you in your life be sure to let us know today it's a, a, just a simple thing. You take that card out of the back of the seat. We're going to call you. We're going to follow up with you. You can come and see us over at the coffee house. Come and let us know. Confess with, in, confess with your mouth because you've received him in your heart that Jesus was raised on, out of the tomb on the third day. He says you'll be saved. So confess that to somebody. We want to help you. Your next step is baptism. We'd love to do that, to go public and let people know who you're pulling for. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that through your shed blood, Jesus. Our murder sacks of sin can be covered and can be cast as far as the east is to the west. Find us faithful, God, to live for you. Find us faithful, God, to look at the best in other people and help lead them. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. Let's give our great God praise today, church, all right? Man, we are so excited about what God is doing, man. It's just been an amazing, amazing days going through these Ten Commandments, and I hope they have blessed your life. We're going to go into a time of giving right now, and if, if you would, just kind of hang around. i got a, something very important I want to share with you after we do the giving. Uh, but anyway, with that being said, thank you for your faithful giving to Freedom Church. Uh, we are blessed to be able to be a part of this community. Our whole heart in existence is to reach people to know God. So thank you for your giving to help us do that locally, globally, and everywhere in between. There's multiple ways you can do that. They put that on the screen electronically, or you can do it tangibly as you leave. Kiosks out in the foyer. But thank you for that, that we come together. All we have is God's anyway. We just give off the top to be able to further his kingdom collectively as a church family and to be obedient. I'm going to pray over that in just a moment. But here's what I want to say. If you lifted your hand and you gave your life to Christ, if you would, take a card out of that seat, fill it out, let us know that. We'll follow up with you. We want to help you this is not the it's not the end of the race you just began it we want to help you to be able to not just be successful but be significant and being a christian and to be able to live for god we want to help you with that so be sure to fill out that card do that and maybe you're here for the first time brand new here thank you for coming today if you would i want to ask you if you would to fill out a card as well and take as much information you feel comfortable with take it out to the info desk and they will give you a gift to commemorate your visit today and here's what i want to say to you i want to say give us a three piece you say, what do you mean? Give us at least three Sundays. And if you come those three Sundays, we help pray. You're going, to, you're going to call us family. If not, we'll help you find a family because everybody needs a church family. All right? 
So I'm going to pray over this. i got one more thing to tell you, and then we'll cut you loose. Father, thank you for what you're doing. God, you're good. You're so good. Thank you for this time we can be together, God. Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. What we have is yours. So we want to be blessed, and so we're going to bless you back as you continue to bless us. With tithes and offerings, use it for your glory. Multiply it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, here's something real quick I want to tell you. Next week, Ten Commandments will continue, all right? Bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. How many of you know somebody needs a church family? Raise your hand. Know somebody needs a church family. Bring them with you next week. Bring them with you next week, all right? But also, our men's retreat up at Gatlinburg kicked off last weekend, and it's well over half full already. And I'm not telling you this because of urgency, but if you want a very comfortable bed and splash mansion, which is huge, sign up today. It's just 150 bucks. I'd love to spend that time with you August 18th through the 20th. Go out there, talk to them at the info desk. They'll get you signed up. Love to hang out with you Thursday night through Saturday. We're going to have a great time. Love to spend that time with you. Other than that, God bless all of you all. Uh, Shannon and I will be over at the coffee house hanging out. You've given your life to Christ, want to come and talk to me, or we've never met, please come and talk to us. Other than that, I love every one of you. I hope you have a great rest of an amazing day. God bless you. Love you.